0: Hey, hey, Water Coolians, welcome back to another episode of Water Cooler Talk. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Sophie Collis and Ronnie Williams, hosts of the Pretty Girl Pill Club podcast. Every Friday, you can hear them discuss mental health topics and recount their own hilarious tribulations and triumphs on the road to better brain chemistry. Together, we share awkward and uncomfortable moments with exes, including serial killer notes social media jealousy, and, well, butter knife stabbings. you have to listen to find out more. But mostly we focus on how to handle the end of a relationship and why breaking into a prison to talk with an ex might not be the best decision you could make. Trust me, you'll end up being carried away naked in cuffs by German firefighters. We've, <laughs> we've all been there, right? And then in our final story, we have a conversation about why the perfect relationship doesn't exist. It's an impossible feat, people. It's an impossible feat. Listen to me. I I know. I know. (laughs) I'm the one you should trust on relationship advice. Do not try it. But... I do believe it's important to realize that you're never not going to have an argument with a significant other. As mentioned in the episode, when you do have those arguments, it's important that it becomes an us versus the problem situation rather than a me versus you situation. You're a team. Act like it. Have those important conversations early in a relationship. Good communication is a-okay, but great fucking fantastic communication is on a completely other level. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Water Cooler Talk episode 48 titled Nice Guys with Pretty Girl Pill Club. Enjoy! This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not. Because they're real. I think it's only fitting that we spend the you know, we're gonna spend this episode having conversations about how to have like healthy relationships. But I think I think we need to bond over non-healthy relationships. Uh, communication that has not been done well.
1: Oh, we have Plenty. That's all I know <laughs> that's all we know. Yeah <laughs> do
0: you guys have We're moments experts. in past relationships romantic friendly professional where the communication was just way off. I know in a previous episode Sophie, you talked about some guy wanting to grab coffee just to get a ride home. Yeah. Uh, so if you need another story, I'll give you some time, Ronnie. I'll have you I'll have you start us off. Wow.
2: okay, so this is like probably I've like never really shared this with anybody so this is exclusive. I appreciate Hell it. Yeah. In my last relationship. The communication was so off, I ended up getting stabbed and she ended what? up going to jail.
1: I did not know about this. And that was a
2: wild <laughs> thing because- Like stabbed with like a knife? This happened like a year ago, so anniversary on that. It was- So, it was a butter knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Changes. And
2: the, what the situation was, I was coming back. I was trying to- call uh, Capital One to like, uh, I shouldn't put myself on the spot like that, but I was trying to call (laughs) my bank to um, handle my credit card situation because I just got it. So, I had to set up the PIN number or whatever. I'm having this phone call and she's talking to me and I'm like, hold on, I got to do this before they close. And I was trying to have this conversation and she kept trying to talk to me and I was like, hold on, this is very important. And then she started talking to her mom and was just like really getting into like just going in on me to her mom on the phone Mm -hmm. the whole time I was still just trying to like fix this card situation so I got it it had gotten really tense and she like picks up a butter knife (laughs) and I'm like what are you gonna do stab me which is funny in hindsight because like (laughs) that's what everybody says before they get stabbed and then she like lunches at me and then i get the knife out she had already called the police and so i was like worried i had just gotten the, my new cat ash the police came and then saw like the knife wound and uh took her away and said like yeah y'all are Your your
0: relationship is done. I I
1: had no idea about this.
0: What a a way to start off the episode, Ronnie. I appreciate you sharing that story, and I'm glad you're okay with it, or you're still here, still here.
1: You can laugh at it. Yes,
0: yes, thank you. Sophie, what about you?
1: Oh, man, well, I'm I'm not going to be able to top that one. Uh, (laughs) I, I mean, I have an unlimited supply of horrible stories, but the first one I think of, and I- probably told this one before, but well, some backstory. I have if you, you've listened to our show, so you know, uh mm-hmm. I say it all the time. I have like super aggressive ADHD. I can't sit still. Like I'm a hot mess. I'm either like sleeping for three days or I don't sleep at all for five. And so I always have to be doing something. I'm like really fidgety and In my last relationship, uh, one night we were watching a movie and the whole time we were watching a movie, I was like on my phone, on my computer, I was like getting up a lot, just doing things around my apartment. And he got so offended because he thought that I just didn't want to watch the movie. Like, I guess it was a movie that he was like really cared about or something. I don't know. And he was like, I feel like you don't want to be here. I'm like, no, you don't understand my brain chemistry doesn't allow me to sit down for two hours and not Mm -hmm. move like it's just not it doesn't compute which seems like a really small thing but it turned into a very big ridiculous fight i mean me being me he like the person i was dating was also severely mentally ill and uh and so all of that combined just was a huge blow up ended with uh You know, him leaving my apartment in a huff and slamming the door, and then we, like, blocked each other on Instagram for, like, a week. Over me uh, not being able to sit still during a movie, but... I just couldn't compute in my mind, like how is this offensive?
0: Yeah, just the communication wasn't there of why. Yeah, I, we've. I think I think we've all been in a similar situation. Mine's, yeah, mine's much more embarrassing. So this was like I was maybe eighth or ninth grade, uh, eighth grade, I think it was junior high school. But anyway, so I had been dating this girl for a few few days, and I'm not a big Facebook person. I don't even have a Facebook profile anymore. Um, And it turns out she had sent me a Facebook message breaking up with me. I didn't know about this. So for three, two or three days, I went on thinking we were dating (laughs) when in reality, she had broken up with me a few days prior and much more embarrassing for me on that one. Uncomfortable. (laughs) But I'm glad we're all able to bond over... Over some uncomfortableness, whether it be physical or yeah. emotional. <laughs> yeah. All right, are you guys ready to jump into our first news story of the episode? Yes, sir. This is from Dutch Wells News. Teenager breaks into jail to save relationship with girlfriend. Firefighters were deployed to remove an 18-year-old male after he attempted to break into a detention facility in the northwestern town of vechte Germany. The teen was attempting to reach his ex-girlfriend, an inmate inside the prison, after she ended the relationship over the phone. I mean we've We've all had experience with that. authorities believe <laughs> the teen used a nearby lamppost to scale the thirteen foot wall and preemptively removed most of his clothing to avoid the wall's razor wire running along the top edge. Once over the wall, the desperate teen climbed his way to the inmate housing building and reached the barred windows of his ex-girlfriend's cell on the first floor. However, he was quickly discovered by the prison staff and a non-violent standoff ensued. Since the heartbroken teen refused to climb down, firefighters were called and managed to remove the teen from the building. A minor injury was suffered by the teen in the kerfuffle. It is not clear whether the man's stunt was successful in winning back the girl's heart, but it did land him with charges on suspicion of breaking and entering an illicit contact with a prisoner. I don't know how it works in Germany, but in the U.S., Co-ed jails are very, very, very tough to come by. Just just from the story, obviously not a healthy relationship between the ex and the teen, the heartbroken teen. How should you have a healthy conversation with a ex-significant other?
2: You got to have that in person. I think the uh, <laughs> when it happens, that might have been hard for them. Maybe like in the courtroom, she could have been like, we're done. I'm leaving. But if you don't have it in person, then I guess it feels kind of hard to like actually realize, you know?
0: Yeah, because a lot of that miscommunication between the phone can be missed. I mean, those like the physical facial cues. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one.
1: The fact that he was willing to... What did he scale? Uh, Uh... Post a lamp. Thirteen
0: foot lamppost. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the fact that he is the type of person to scale a thirteen foot lamppost to talk to his inmate ex girlfriend already tells me that there was probably a good reason that she broke up with him over the phone, (laughs) and (laughs) and so I have a feeling that. (laughs) That it was in her best interest to break up with him over the phone. Or, I mean, he, he is also just, like, a teenager, so a little bit nuts. But, like, I can't imagine, I mean, I can't imagine doing any level of, like, physical exertion. That's just, like, really extreme. And that kind of extreme behavior just, like, makes me feel like there's something going on with him.
0: This was maybe probably one of the reasons why they broke yeah. up in the first yeah. place. I, w- I feel like trying to have conversations with X is such like a everyone has different opinions on it. But I think one thing and maybe if I'm wrong, uh, you guys jump in. But I think there's needs to be space. Obviously, we don't know how long they've been broken up. It sounds like it was pretty recent, like she broke up with him over the phone. And then in the next week or so, he's like, I got to I just got to see her and talk to her. Mm-hmm. But I think after breakups, there needs to be some agreement that both sides need to take some space is do you guys think there's like a a set amount of time for taking space?
1: There's not a set amount of time. It just is that you both have to agree on how much contact you're going to have. As much as you want to maybe scale a 13-foot lamppost, like, you need to do something else with that energy to a less extreme example you know, loiter at the grocery store that you know that they go to regularly and just like accidentally quote unquote bump into them. Like those kinds of crazy thoughts that you have when you're in that like fresh breakup manic zone, those should stay thoughts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're not completely like unhinged if you think about doing really extreme stuff like that. The difference is you have to just like not do that and do something different with that energy. And yeah, set up boundaries ahead of time of do we want to have no contact? And usually I would advocate for no contact, as shitty as it is. But there's no set amount of time.
2: Well, so's definitely right. There's no like set amount of time. I feel like you have to, not to get, like, psychological, but I guess I can. You have to, like, go through those stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Because I've kind of been in the situation where, like, maybe we had the conversation a day after. And it was, like, maybe a day after that I was, like, still sad about it. And so I couldn't really, like, let it sit. The good thing that happened for me, though, was she, like, left the country. so <laughs>
1: That helps. That made
2: it helps. a little easier. I had a good amount of time. But I think it doesn't need to be, like... Like the three months, even just for me specifically, the three months wasn't enough. But I think for like most neurotypical people, you gotta like be able to like have reached a point of acceptance before you can like have that face-to-face conversation and not have it bringing up old feelings in a harmful way.
0: When I think a lot of us fall into like the trap of getting into a relationship and then we only share, you know, our feelings with that person in the relationship, So when the relationship ends, we're like, who do I talk to? And you're like, I need to talk to this person, but you're trying to respect that space. And it just gets incredibly confusing. Yeah,
1: And I've talked about this before quite extensively, but in like the longest relationships I've had, I I have like a bit of a habit of getting into a relationship. Well, I've bounced around a lot in the past few years. And so like, for instance, when I first got to college, I went to college out of state, immediately got a boyfriend. And then I had just moved to this state. I never lived here before. I didn't know anybody. So that person became like my entire social life, my entire identity, Mm -hmm. personality. I was the closest to in the entire state. And I did a similar thing when I moved to LA. And that's kind of the problem. Because what I realized when in my last like major breakup, I think like a year and a half ago, is that I didn't have my own life. And it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because I immediately, like, got super busy with my own stuff and, like, developed an identity and a life of my own because I needed something to do that wasn't taking care of that person. And so I think it's easier to have healthy relationships when you... Have your own life. So, like, <laughs> yeah. if you just moved to a new city and you don't have a job yet, maybe not the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, get some friends first. Get a life first. Get a side hustle or two. Like, have your own shit going on to where there are like bigger things to worry about than that person. And so, when you go into a relationship, they're not your entire life.
0: Yeah, you need, you need, you need a base. You can't let the relationship be the base of your entire existence. Yeah. When I think we hear of these stories of like some teenager, you know, scaling a 13-foot wall to talk to his girlfriend. These are common tropes we see in, like, movie, TV shows – reality tv music we hear about all these stories these grandiose ideas of romantic gestures has that has that ruined our concept of how we show love to a significant other
2: there's like some film theory that like romantic comedies especially those from like the 80s and 90s like ruined men you have the the male protagonists like doing like big grandiose gestures like you said It works. And it's also like, it's not just like the big gestures, but it's also like stalking essentially. And like maybe even a little gaslighting. Mm -hmm. They're rewarded for that. And it's like, yes, that's a successful courtship. It's very easy to like run away with the idea of like, yes, I'll climb this pole because it's so romantic that she can't like, not want to get back with me. It's ingrained in our culture from what we see in the media.
0: I mean, it's just about every Hallmark movie has that type of relationship. It's
1: it's very, like, I'm going to wear your skin energy, and, like, people don't realize that, so maybe we should be watching more, like, true crime documentaries than we should (laughs) romantic comedies, (laughs) because, like, now when I see that, because I grew up on 80s rom-coms and stuff, and I loved that shit, still do, now I'm... You know, jaded and cynical enough to where if someone were to do something like that to me, I'd be like, dude, I need a restraining order stat. Like this person's going to murder me. <laughs> and so I feel like we need to recognize that that behavior for what it is, which is not okay.
0: Yeah, I think you guys are spot on, and Ronnie, you nailed it. It's like growing up, for me, you watch these movies, like these romantic gestures, they're landing hot air balloons in the middle of New York, and you're like well, I need to match that. I need to do that for, you know, potential girlfriend to try to win her over. And in reality, that's just, like you said, Sophie, just kind of very, very toxic behavior.
1: Yeah, fully. I'm like, I'm going to wear your skin, like... I'm the reincarnation of Ted Bundy. Like that. That's how it. That's how that makes me feel.
0: (laughs) Well, before we move on and to kind of complete the circle from which we came, you know, bonding over bad choices. What has been an embarrassing gesture you, one of you, have done to try and win back an ex, Ronnie? You started the last one, so Sophie, I'll have you go first on this.
1: I know I have one. I know I have many. Uh, Let me think.
0: I'll I'll, while you think, I'll share mine. So this was at the end of, and it plays perfectly into the last question. This was at the end of a relationship we had broken up I don't know it was maybe like one tree hill or some some romantic soapy tv teen drama like that and I saw that this guy they had broken up this guy had written this like letter saying like I'm gonna win you back and had given it to the girl and she was so enthralled by it that she was like oh I love you I want you back and you know they end up getting married but anyway so I saw this and I was like you know what let me try this The difference was at that time, for some reason, I don't know why I was doing this, but whenever I was writing things, I would write over it again because I thought it looked cool. Really, it looked like the writings of a serial killer. (laughs) So I wrote out this letter to this girl who we had just broken up and I had written in this style that made me look like a serial killer. And I was like, I'm going to win you back. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you back. Now looking back, you know, maybe I was 18, so seven seven years ago, seven, eight years ago, that was one of the most cringiest things I've ever done in my life. I was so confident that this would work. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm, a, well, I'm a little passive aggressive and I'm a little bit vengeful. I really like to play it cool by default. I like to I really give off an air of, I might be a sociopath sometimes. I'm a little bit cold. And so most of my things have been very underhanded. I had a guy break up with me. And then I went out with my friend Chandler the next night. And he egged me on. Uh, We were both (laughs) like very drunk. But like, he encouraged this. He was like, oh, you should just post a photo on Instagram of me like kissing you on the cheek. And it'll like piss him off and I was like that's a great idea and so I did that really it was just like what are you doing you're just like a drunk sad mess like it, it felt so desperate mm-hmm. and he definitely like said something about it the next time we talked and I was like no comment trying <laughs> to get pleading- that validity <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm trying I'm pleading no contest on this like things that are really under- underhanded that you think will like really Shake them to their core, but it it just makes you look a little bit petty.
0: <laughs> Ronnie, what about you? Is there has there been an embarrassing moment of trying to win back an ex?
2: So astrologically speaking, I'm a Pisces, and so I'm about 120 pounds of just emotion. Yeah. And I've literally I've literally done something embarrassing every day of my life. So there's a lot to choose from. But I think the one that works the best is I had just recently been broken up with. And so I thought like whenever I get broken up with, I feel like I'm in a music video and I'm like, it's an R and B music video and I'm just walking <laughs> the streets like, oh man, she left me. What do I do? Mm-hmm. When I was like walking in the streets, I was like taking pictures of stuff and I was like writing poems. <laughs> and I like oh, knew God. she would see these poems. <laughs> and like One of the pictures is just like, it's just all black. And it says like, the sun didn't come up this morning because she was done with me or whatever. It was like really thinly veiled. Like everybody knew what was going on. Yeah. But then her mom like commented and said like, no, "No, the sun's going to come out again. And I'm like, I don't think you even know the situation. (laughs) So that felt like really weird. And I know people saw it because like my roommate came in and she was like, I
1: saw
0: that. (laughs) So, oh my that God. was pretty embarrassing. That's
1: embarrassing. I'm embarrassed you, never, you.
0: You never want to get the parents involved. Everybody yeah. knew. Everybody Yeah,
1: knew. That, one's, that one's bad. <laughs>
0: well, thank you guys for sh- sharing those moments. Um, I would like to welcome to the show Ronnie Williams and Sophie Collis. Ronnie and Sophie host the Pretty Girl Pill Club podcast. Every Friday, you can hear them discuss mental health topics and recount their own hilarious tribulations and triumphs on the road to better brain chemistry ronnie and sophie welcome to water cooler talk thanks for having us uh as we are all all aware it's been about 100 years since the start of the covid pandemic what are ways you have guys have found to keep sane to make sure to keep your mental health in balance
1: i'll let you know when i figure it out (laughs) 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 uh we're both in southern california Mm -hmm. where which still currently i believe unless florida already beat us but i'm not sure. But last time I checked, we had the highest number of cases in the world. And uh, whereas a lot of places have started to go back to normal, we're about six months to a year out from that or forever. Who knows? I've I just I've given up. As far as staying sane, uh, working on our podcast is helpful because I'm forced to talk to at least one person every week other than my cat. <laughs> And it gives me something to do during the day. I don't have a job right now, so it's like the only thing that I do. I think also the thing that has made me feel the best in this situation is remembering that everybody else is in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really stressed out about my rent, but so is everybody in my building. It kind of, we're in a situation where people like landlords and housing management people and whatever are like forced to kind of be really patient with people because they're they're outnumbered and so just remembering that it's not like you're the only person this is happening to and so the powers that be are kind of um kind of forced into a situation where they have to be sympathetic to what you're going through yeah
0: we're we're the idea that we're all in this together not to quote high school musical but we're all in this together yeah early on for me that's what I was
2: like always keeping in the back of my mind that like this was the year that I was supposed to make moves and like everything (laughs) kind of stopped yep but like it stopped for a lot of people, and it still stopped for a lot of people. We're like, again, all in the same boat. Now I've gotten into a rhythm, and pretty much the thing that's keeping me going are reading good articles. And I hate reading too, so that's wild. Um, reading good articles, playing 2K, hate 2K too. Yes. And I agree. Um,
0: getting a hug from my cat every yeah. hour. Quality
1: or so. time that's with fun. cats is, uh, is key.
0: So, Ronnie, your cat name is Ash. Yes. Sophie, what's your cat's name? I see it in the back there. Oh,
1: do you, wait, where is she? Oh, I see her. Um, Yeah, her name is Sam, and she's 17, and I've had her since I was five.
0: Oh, Ash and Sam. All right. Yeah. Listeners, if you'd like to support and listen to Pretty Girl Pill Club, you can enjoy episodes of the show on their website, www.pgpcpod.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Once again, the website is www.pgpcpod.com. Or by following them on social media, enjoy some top-notch graphics on Instagram at Pretty Girl Pill Club and on Twitter at Pod. And as always, those links will be included in the description of this episode and on our website, www.watercoolertalkpod.com. Before we move on, myself and Water Cooler Talk are on a mission to help get back to different parts of the community and those who have helped build our show to where it stands today. For each episode, the guests, guests in this case, will bring with them a charity of their choice to represent – On the day of the episode going live, Water Cooler Talk will give a donation to the charity in the honor of the guest, as well as a global platform to spread a message of love, hope, and togetherness. Ronnie and Sophie, your charity of choice for today's episode is the Black Visions Collective here in my home state of Minnesota. Do you mind explaining a bit about what they do and the impact they have in the community? So um, I was actually put onto this by somebody I follow on Instagram. And
2: basically, it started by a Black queer woman, and she's focused on making sure that like black people who are often forgotten about and specifically this is like black women black queer people that are often forgot about in the narratives and are still subject to violence of protecting them and also helping them strive for their endeavors in any way possible i
0: mean speaking personally from being from minnesota we have such a strong and passionate lgbtq community and it's, I mean, we've supported them plenty of times before. They're an amazing organization.
1: Yeah, I found out about it through Ronnie, and we've been linking it in our show notes. And yeah, the more I've learned about them, the more excited I am to support them. Well, I
0: appreciate you guys sharing them on the show. Uh, all right, are you guys ready to jump into our final news story of the episode?
1: Yeah. Let's
0: get it. This story is from India Today, August 22nd, 2020. Woman seeks divorce as husband doesn't fight with her. Says, he loves her too much. A woman in the Sambal district of Uttar Pradesh has sought a divorce from her husband of just 18 months because her husband loves her too much and never fights with her. The woman said her husband even helps her in cooking and performing household chores. She is quoted saying, Neither he, the husband, ever shouted at me nor he ever disappointed me over any issue. I am feeling suffocated in such an environment. Whenever I make a mistake, he always forgives me for that. I wanted to argue with him. The cleric of the Sharia court was baffled after hearing the reason for the divorce and rejected the woman's plea, terming it as frivolous. When asked if she had any other reasons for the divorce, the woman responded in the negative. After being rejected by the cleric, the woman turned to a local Punjaya to hear the matter. But was also met with refusal of a ruling. Punchayats are local village councils in more remote parts of India. The husband has said that he does not believe he has done anything wrong and only wanted to be the perfect husband. The Sharia court has asked the couple to resolve the matters themselves. Under divorce laws in India, couples can legally be divorced for the following reasons. Mutual consent, physical or mental cruelty, adultery, desertion, religious conversion, mental disorders, communicable diseases. Sanyaza, the release of material desires, presumption of death, bigamy, having a still-living spouse, and Sapinda relations, marriage of those with common ancestors. But in the documents of legal divorce in India, there is no mention of a smothering spouse. So, obviously, what we know about this relationship comes from this article. Why, why is too much of a good thing not so good in a balanced marriage?
1: You don't want people to be yes-men. You don't want somebody to tell you that all of your ideas are amazing and groundbreaking and that all of your opinions are right and that everything you wear looks good on you. Like, you need to be told that you're wrong and that you're screwing up sometimes. Me being, Ronnie was saying, he's a Pisces, so we probably differ on this one. I'm an Aquarius, and so I usually like people that don't like me back. Uh, I'm very, like, (laughs) I'm very, like, stone cold And detach. I also am not like very openly affectionate. Ironically, my love language is words of affirmation, but I don't give that back. I need a lot of my own space. And so it sounds like he's the type of husband that was just like a little too wanted to be around them all the time and like homegirls just trying to have some time alone so i feel her 100 i i was reading that this morning and i was like oh this is me i'm on her side 100 it's kind of actually like we were talking about earlier with like 80s rom-coms it's always like the guy that's a little bit nerdy and is obsessed with the uh, female protagonist like she never gives him a chance and like that's How I feel about this is that it's always the one that wants it too much that it, it just it feels not great.
2: I'm actually I just remembered this this concept of like the reacher and the settler. Basically, like there's supposed to be one person in the relationship who like reaches toward the other person and there's the other person that settles. Take that how you will. I think specifically in this relationship, though, he had to be just, like, annoying. Oh, yeah. Like, he sounded a little annoying at the end where he was just, like, I'm just trying to be the best. Like, Mm -hmm. just argue a little bit. Like, that's all you got to do. And, like, Soph was saying, nobody wants a yes man. And so, like, I'm pretty sure that's that's, like, a horror movie trope. If, like, you were just with somebody who was, like, essentially a mirror of you and, like, never challenged you, never, like... Pushed your thinking, you know? Yeah. It's just like there's no substance.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, we can all kind of agree there's importance in individuality. I don't want them to be like, what do you want to eat today? And for them to try to find something to make that they think will make me happy rather than find something that will make them happy. I don't want someone to be a servant to my happiness it just doesn't make a good relationship. And I like
1: what Ronnie said about someone is always, uh, what did you say? Someone is always settling and someone's always reaching. Like, yeah, yeah no, I, I feel that. And again, yeah, take that as you will. But I definitely feel like she probably felt as bad as this might sound. She probably felt like she could do better. Um, This man is just like a little too into it. If he's too into it, I wonder who would be like just into it.
2: The second half of that is like just like off of what Soph was saying if I'm like not in it I'm like gonna be like very aloof and I feel like that might be something that
1: like yeah is
2: all is like intriguing in a way for the other person but on my part it's just like I'm not afraid to lose them so it's like eh, whatever happens happens. and I'm
1: a little bit uh aggressive in every way and so I like to I like to poke and prod. I like to tell people that they're wrong. I like to argue a little bit. And I'm a, and I'm a little mean, but I want them to be a little mean back. And like if I like make fun of you, I need you to make fun of me back. I don't need you to just, like, take it and, like, do nothing. I want there to be some push and pull.
0: I I 100% agree. I'm someone who's very sarcastic. Unless the other person has some semblance of understanding sarcasm, the relationship's just not going to work. But with that, I think it is, or more so, like, why is it so important that, like, arguing and disagreements are a part of a healthy relationship
1: because you're not always right except for me but like (laughs) you're not always right and you you need to be told you're wrong sometimes because that's how you grow i've had my opinion changed or i have my opinion changed constantly because as soon as somebody disagrees with me and i hear out their side sometimes i'm like hey you know what i don't know what i was talking about that's healthy. And that's how you become like an informed and engaged citizen of the world or whatever. You know, if you're never told that you're wrong, basically, like if you never fail, then you can never succeed either. And it's sort of the same thing. You need to learn how to compromise also. And if it's a relationship where you agree on everything, you never have to compromise. And that would probably negatively impact other parts of your life, like maybe your work. And whatever, if you can't negotiate and compromise, that's that can't be healthy. I'm
2: going to be personal again. I feel like I want to be like put on to something, like specifically like a TV show or like movie or like an artist or whatever. You can't be put on to somebody if like you all have like the same feelings about things, you know, like, there's no growth there. Like I was saying, kind of,
1: I agree with that. I
0: mean, for a healthy relationship, growth is so important, because otherwise, you're just in this echo chamber of everything you say is right. And it it, you don't grow from that, you know, arguing is important. Obviously, you have to argue in a healthy manner, it has to be solution oriented. You know, it has to be us versus the problem, not me versus you. Mm -hmm. But it is it's important to if you're wrong on something, to learn why you're wrong, and to be better. That's, relationships are all about growth, whether it be romantic or platonic or professional.
1: Uh, echo chamber was the word I was probably looking for, but yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Well, I do, I do, before we move on here, I do want to talk about the phenomenon of nice guys, nice girls, those that think they're Owed something for being nice because so many, too many of the comments on this article had the theme of, you know, she's been exposed to toxic relationships her entire life, so in a relationship in which the guy is being nice, of course she would be uncomfortable. Why? Why is that rhetoric an issue? And you know, obviously there is a bit of truth behind statement like those. You know, we don't recognize behavior we're not used to, and it makes us uncomfortable. But I don't understand why it's continually being justified to support unhealthy relationships
1: that's a good point that you've never had a good healthy relationship and so now like you're freaked out when you're finally in one there is validity to that in that maybe you feel like you don't deserve that Mm -hmm. so it could be like an internal thing that you need to you know talk to a therapist or whoever about and so yeah that is like extremely true and extremely valid but uh the whole nice guy thing it's not The problem with it, and I'm very well versed in the nice guy phenomenon. I spend a lot of time in r slash nice guys and r slash incel tears. two of my favorite things. Very good (laughs) subreddit. Oh, yeah. Um, The problem with the nice guys thing is that people that are termed nice guys, they're not nice guys because they're genuinely good, decent people. They're nice guys because they think that being nice is something that they do to earn access to a woman they're doing it to try to manipulate you and they're doing it and that so that when you reject them they can go back and justify to themselves that you're the bad guy i was nice to you so i'm the victim now because i was nice and you rejected me so i have done nothing wrong here and then they continue to do that And what that's rooted in is, of course, like incels, obviously, and a lot of like toxic masculinity and believing that like Mm -hmm. uh, women owe you sex or owe you their time or owe you any fucking thing at all. And they don't. If you are a really nice person, number one, you don't have to tell people that you're a nice person. That's why I never (laughs) tell people that I'm a nice person. And two, if you are genuinely a nice person, you aren't being nice to get something from another person. That's just manipulative.
2: Yeah, the nice guy identity is a very reactionary one that's, like, rooted in the social constructs of patriarchy in that, like, the nice guy isn't even specifically nice. Mm -hmm. They're just, like, trying to get to procreation, so to speak. They are just trying to, like, get at the woman, and so, therefore, they're, like, trying to manipulate her, like, so said, It's, like, it's just not a real, like a, like before, no substance. It's, like, not real, and it's only reactionary.
0: Yeah, you look at these conversations, and it's, it's always funny. You know, you read these back and forth between this, you know, supposed nice guy and, you know, the person he's going after, and even though they say they're nice, their favorite phrase always ends up being, you're a bitch. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, like, are you really? Yeah,
1: it's like, as soon as they get rejected, suddenly you're a bitch and a cunt. And, like, I... Like where did that co- where was that when you were like talking about how good of a guy you were like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and like and so yeah, it's like it's a facade. I mean, and it's not hard to point out like where it becomes like really extreme. I mean, obviously like people like this was like a definition nice guy. Like it's a super unhealthy mentality. It's it's all around bad and Who
0: who is I'm not familiar.
1: This was the Isla Vista slash UC Santa Barbara regular. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes. He made the manifesto video. Got it. Okay, right, yes. right. Um, well, kind of to connect it back to the story, I think just in general, I think it's important if one person in a relationship does not want to be in that relationship, regardless of how that relationship may look from the outside, I don't think it's any of anyone else's business to say, well, he's being nice, stay in that relationship. If someone doesn't want to be in a relationship, just respect that and let them be on their way. You're never
1: going to be happy vying for somebody else's approval. I've been in the position of like being the person that is more into the other person than they are and it feels awful. It feels horrible. It's not fun. I was in that relationship for over a year and I left it feeling like very empty and like I had very low self-esteem and I also had no life of my own because so much of my time went towards making sure they thought the best of me. It wasn't effortless. Like I felt like I was constantly trying so hard to vie for this unattainable approval that I was never going to get. I mean, it became clear afterwards that they didn't want to really be in that relationship. And it wasn't about me. It was about them not wanting to be in a relationship at all. But I took it personally. And they they, they just didn't have enough of a backbone to voice that sooner. And it feels terrible. You're not going to be happy by being the quote unquote, nice guy you're always going to be vying for something that you can never get.
0: Ronnie, your final thoughts? Sometimes people don't want you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like
2: really and truly, like that's all we can chalk it up to. People don't want you, move on.
1: I'm so long-winded and Ronnie just like whips him out real quick. <laughs> Straight to yeah. the point. He,
0: he knows what he needs yeah. to say. Uh, Sophie, Ronnie, thank you for taking the time to share your perspective on some of the strangest and most interesting news stories the world has to offer in a productive and meaningful conversation. Once again, if you'd like to support and listen to what they're creating over at Pretty Girl Pill Club podcasts, you can do so by heading to their website, www.pgpcpod.com, or you can listen to a new episode every Friday wherever podcasts are available. And of course, make sure to follow them on social media on Instagram at Pretty Girl Pill Club and on Twitter at PGPCPod. And as always, those links will be included in the description of this episode and on our website, www.watercoolertalkpod.com. As you guys know, being podcasters, I, I would assume many podcasters would agree, being able to talk in front of a mic, regardless of the content of whatever your show may be, comes as some form of therapy. You know, why is that? And why is therapy a good choice for Absolutely everyone.
1: For me, again, someone with aggressive ADHD and someone who we've learned over this last 48 minutes is a little bit long-winded and sometimes (laughs) takes a minute to get to the point. Um, Sometimes I need to say everything to be able to organize my thoughts because like, my brain is constant chaos. It's the seventh layer of hell. And until I speak the words... There's no linear organization of any kind. I'm also dyslexic. So, you know, that helps. You know, once you tell somebody else something, they kind of repeat it back to you in the way that they heard it. And then you are then hearing it from another person. And then it starts to click in your mind, too. Yeah, definitely. Also... Just like holding all that in is awful. Lastly, everybody needs to go to therapy because if you think that you don't have any issues, you definitely do. (laughs) The people who think that they- A little
0: bit of narcissistic there. Yeah,
1: like if you think that you're fine and nothing about your childhood or your life was traumatic or damaging in any way, you're wrong. (laughs) And you're just not very self-aware. Um, cause that's, that's just reality. Like everybody has something that they can work on. Everybody has something wrong with them and everybody could do better and everybody could be better. And it also just feels good to talk to people.
2: Catharsis is so important in like realizing our emotions and feeling them in a healthy way. Therapy is good for that because you can like talk to somebody about it and they can help you sort those thoughts out. I will go for that.
1: And this is a callback, but also a therapist will tell you you're wrong. Yes. And you need mm-hmm. to be told that you're wrong.
0: Thank you to all my listeners for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Sophie and Ronnie from the Pretty Girls Pill Club, where we take the strangest and most interesting real life news stories from around the world and, well, just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. All right. This is my favorite part of the show where I hand off the show to you two to say whatever needs to be said to perfectly wrap up this show. There is so much pressure on you guys right now. Don't crack under the pressure. The floor is yours. Ronnie, Sophie, end the show.
2: Are you cracking under the pressure? Because I, yeah, okay, I I cracked. Um, I already cracked, that's okay. Uh, Okay, so to close everything out, sometimes people don't want you. Stop watching rom-coms so much because they're fucking with your head. Have healthy conversations and relationships. Because otherwise, you'll end up on a pole outside of a prison.
1: <laughs> and uh, get a cat. Oh,
2: yeah. Definitely
0: get a cat. Or a dog. I'm a dog person. You know, whatever, whatever makes you happy at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, get, get an animal. But I'm going to strongly advocate for cats. And <laughs> also go to therapy, please, for your sake and ours.
0: Uh, thank you guys for coming on the show today. Until next time, listeners.
1: this is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the
0: world and while many of these stories may seem fake they're absolutely
1: not because they're real